Um, we need to just, if you've been going through oppression, discouragement, if, like for me this past week, it was like every place I turned, I was getting jacked up by the enemy and things were going wrong, uh, things were uh, being taken out of context, customers were flipping out, you know, when I would ask them questions in order for me to do my job, even a guy that came to work behind me, he said he was just trying to find out information that he needed to do the job. And this one customer has asked numerous of our employees to leave because he didn't like them. And, and so, you know, they, it, it was just a lot of little bitty things, but in those little bitty things, Satan will try to wear us down. Yeah. On the same level, we have seen um, breakthroughs come in other areas, not only of our life, but in, in ministry and this, that, and the other thing. And so the month of October is, you know, just like September-ish is the celebratory month for the Hebraic believer. It is a month where the highest level of um, Yahweh's feasts are celebrated, a lot of praise is going on to Yahweh, um, a lot of positive spiritual things take place during this month. Well, it, it's the same way for the month of October for the demonic world. In the demonic world, there are so many things that are going on that they are doing, that they are initiating against Yahweh, against those that believe in Him. And just like you and I prepare for feasts, you and I prepare for the Shabbat, the enemy, witches and warlocks and, and the people of the demonic realm prepare for their high celebration which takes place on October 31st. And many times we do not see nor understand the things that are taking place in the spiritual realm and we begin to wonder why maybe this oppression, why this discouragement, why um, this, that, or the other thing is taking place in our lives. Um, you know, the joylessness or the doubt, the unbelief you may be battling, physical infirmities or whatever the case may be. Especially when, when it's in the month of October, is almost a direct result of witchcraft being released against you, against Yahweh and the people of Yahweh, and against um, us growing. Now remember, the demonic, Satan, Hasatan, opposes, and the world system opposes everything that Yahweh is about. They oppose who he is. If he says it, something is good, they will then in, in turn try to make it look evil. If something is evil, 
they will try to twist it around to make it look good. Remember in the garden when the serpent came to Eve and said, Did Yah really say you should not eat of this tree? See, he, he tried to twist everything around. Now, Yah didn't, didn't speak it directly to her. He spoke it to Adam, and Adam revealed it to Eve. And so the serpent is very subtle in his actions, in his schemes. Um, let's just turn, unless anybody else has anything they want to add to that or share... Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. The book of Ephesians, I got to find it. Chapter 6. And this is all stuff we know, we've heard of, but I think. In this month, we need to be extra alert or cautious concerning the activities of the adversary. Now, one thing we discovered, I don't know when it was, some years ago, in our research concerning Halloween and October 31st, is that witches and warlocks literally go into stores and they release spells and curses upon Halloween costumes and upon the candy, you know, like they go into your Walmarts or grocery stores, whatever. And they, you know, just like you and I can lay hands on people and impart spiritual gifts, impart healing, impart life, the enemy knows that they can lay hands on cloth because we know from the scripture that you can, when they touched the hem of Yahshua's garment, they were healed. There are prayer cloths. You can pray over them, anoint them. Ask Yahweh to release his power into them and then send them to other people that are sick and diseased. And in the uh, Apostle Paul said that the demons will flee out of them, infirmities will flee because of the prayer clause. Well, the enemy knows that and he uses that spiritual strategy and he sends his demonic followers into stores to release spells and curses upon things especially connected with Halloween. And that is why anything you buy at the store, whether it's clothes, food, gro groceries, um, anytime you buy anything, from any grocery store, like most of our stuff comes from China, Vietnam, um, other nations, Mexico, mm -hmm. other nations that are predominantly um, have a lot of witchcraft in them. And when those people make those items, we have no idea what they could be imparting upon those items so on and so forth. And so we need to, when we buy something, first we need to make sure Yahweh says to buy that item. Secondly, if it's groceries, you know, like milk, whatever you need, pray over it before you get it home because you don't want to bring into your home whatever spell, whatever curse, whatever assignment Satan has placed on that mm -hmm. item to affect um, you and I. And so this month, and I don't 
see it as anything out of the ordinary, but it just makes sense why people are going through difficult times, emotional times, oppressive times in this month because of what is going to take place on October 31st or what the enemy is going to plan. But we're going to pray that it would all blow apart and come to of no avail. So in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, uh, verse 10, For my brothers be made powerful in our master and in the power of his strength. Put on all the armor of Yahweh, for you are able to stand against the strategies or the schemes of the devil. So that tells us that he has schemes, strategies, plans. For our conflict is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, with those in authority, with the possessors of this dark world, and with the evil spirits that are beneath. I was just, as I was reading that, I was remembering last year how there were, it even came on the news that there were many, they found on the beach here in Sanibel, on the beach here in Fort Myers, um, altars that had some kind of uh, burnt sacrifice that they discovered. And Sanibel and the beaches there are known for many witchcraft ceremonies. So, you know, all this, this kind of stuff never or very seldom ever comes into the news. So all this is taking place all over the place. Then it says in verse 13, because of this, take up the whole armor of Elohim, because of the schemes and strategies of the evil one, take up the whole armor of Elohim, that you may be able to resist the evil one. Being prepared, you shall prevail. And then it says, stand firm, having girded your loins about with truth. Now go to 1 Peter. This may be the shortest teaching I ever do. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 and 9. So the enemy, he has strategies, he has plans. There are things... What chapter did you say? I'm sorry. 1 Peter chapter 5, Yenny 2. We got three Yennies now. Oh, nobody laughing at my joke or what? Free Yenny. Yeah, Linda's being a Yenny, Yenny's being a Yenny, and once in a while you become a Yenny. He's saying because we always ask, what chapter did you say? I would. Oh, did you? <laughs> He's always messing with me, Diane. <laughs> it must be my evil twin. It wouldn't be me. All right, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be sensible, watch or be alert, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking someone he may devour. Therefore, resist him, being steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings befall on your brethren that are in the world. So it says here that we need to be alert because our adversary is looking for people that are not alert and the reason he's looking for them is so that he can swallow them up in their schemes, in his plans, in his devices. And we are to resist them in the faith and when we go through this, we also need to understand that we're not the only ones going through it. 
it goes with the teaching I was telling you about earlier today. That guy said that if even Yeshua, who, who is the only begotten son of Yahweh, came here and was spit upon right. and mistreated and crucified and all that stuff, of course we're all going to go through stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I don't know if you were able to hear what Yenny said, but she said that she was listening to a teaching this morning, and the gentleman said that if Yeshua went through the attacks of the enemy, the temptations, the oppression, the discouragements, whatever, we too shall go through them. If he went through persecution, we too shall go through it, but we will become victorious. Now we talked ah, a few months ago on, on some of the scriptures of victory. Now I'm just going to quote these out to you. You can write them down, look them up later if you want. But in first in first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, Thanks be unto Yahweh who gives us the victory through Yeshua. So, through Yeshua, whatever the situation is, He promises you victory. Okay? Then the next one is 2 Corinthians um, chapter 2, verse 14. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, okay. it, it's this Raider phone, that's what it is. It says, thanks be unto Yahweh who, gives, who causes us to triumph always in Messiah Yeshua. So... Paul said to the Corinthians that Yeshua has given you the victory. He then again said that he will cause you to triumph. Triumph back in those days when they conquered a king, they would lead the defeated king on a procession through town and everybody would rejoice, dance, because of his defeat. Alright? Then, one of the other scriptures we talked about was Romans. Chapter 8. And verse 37. Which says that we are more than conquerors. Through him that loves us. So, he's given us the victory. He causes us to triumph, and we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Okay, the, the next one is 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, and it says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, when you are going through things like this, you do not feel like you are victorious. You do not feel like you are triumphant. You do not feel like the greater one is within you. How you literally feel is usually oppressed, discouraged, no matter what the situation is, it could be, you know, problems like I had this week at work. It could be just the way you're feeling. There are things in the realm of the Spirit that are going on in attacking you that you have no clue that are there, but they're there on assignment to oppress you, to discourage you, to lead you in a way that you should not go, 
Um, so when you feel these things, when you feel oppressed, you feel discouraged, you feel weak, you feel insecure, you feel fearful, whatever it is, that is when it is of the utmost that your faith and your mouth kick in and stay in agreement and declare what thus saith Yahweh, that you are victorious. It don't matter what you're seeing right now because it's subject to change. Remember, 2 Kings, um, I think it, it's chapter 6, 2 Kings, it's when they were, or maybe it's 1 Kings, I don't remember if it was Elijah, I think it was Elijah, so that would have to be 1 Kings. Um, it's when they were surrounded, uh, maybe it was Elisha. Anyways, it's either Elisha or Elijah, and it's either in 1 Kings or 2 Kings, they were surrounded by... Um, no, it's 2 Kings. Oh, man. It's 2 Kings chapter 6. And the king of Syria was coming against Israel. Okay? And, and they wanted to attack Israel, but they said every time they go to attack them, that Yahweh tells Elisha what's about to take place and then he tells the army of Israel, and they move, and they are not uh, in the same place when they attack. There's nobody there to attack. And so the king of Syria thought there was a traitor amongst the group, and one of his servants said, No, it is the prophet who hears from the mouth of Yahweh, and then Yahweh reveals the situation. Anyways, Israel becomes surrounded by the army of Syria. And Gehazi, who was a servant of Elisha, woke up and saw that they were surrounded. And he is freaking out like usually all of us tend to do. And then Elisha said to him, chill out. Go eat a couple of chocolate donuts and, and get out a good cup of coffee yeah. because there is more with us than with them. And Elisha looked at, I mean, Gehazi looked at Elisha and he counted one, two, and he's thinking, how are the two of us more than this army that's surrounding us? And Elisha prayed and asked Yahweh to open Gehazi's eyes so that he could see in the spiritual realm. And you can see this in verse 17 of, of 2 Kings 6. And he opened the eyes of the young man and he looked and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So the reason Elisha was able to say that there was more with them than with the other is because he saw in a realm that the servant could not see. In the same way, when you and I are going through things, we do not understand or see what is going on in the spiritual realm and you may feel weak you may feel less you may feel insecure you may feel fearful but that's when you need to hold on to what thus saith Yahweh and declare that you are victorious declare that you are triumphant because of Messiah and declare that greater is he that is in you and Yahweh and Yahweh's spirit is within you, and that makes you the greater one. Also, other scriptures might come to mind when you are going through this battle, 
And that is why when you need to speak them, speak them boldly, speak them fervently, and speak them with the authority in which Yahweh intended. Um, in Luke, we're going to get to Matthew 4 in a minute, but in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, very familiar, Yahshua said to the disciples, Behold, I give unto you power, or I give unto you authority, that you may walk on and tread on over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. No oppression, no words that people have spoken against you, no spells or incantations that witches and people of witchcraft have released against you shall succeed. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every word spoken against you is condemned. So, Yeshua said that he's given you and I power and authority to walk on over all the power of the enemy. Now, when you go through these down times, like this week, I just kept saying, Satan, I resist you. I resist your attacks. I resist your lies. I resist your discouragement. I resist your oppression. I resist what, you know, I don't remember all what I said, but I just kept doing that over and over. Why did I say that? Um, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself to Yahweh, which means obey His commandments. Resist the devil, and he will flee. In, when we read in Peter, it said to resist Satan in the faith. That means you and I need to use our faith in the blood of Yeshua. We need to use our faith in what the Word has promised. We need to continue doing the things that we know are in line with obeying His laws and commandments and continue standing against the things that are contrary to His laws and commandments that this world system wants us to accept. And we won't accept it in the power of Yahweh's name. So, I want you, as well as I'm preaching to myself, to be encouraged to rise up in the name of Yeshua and to take a stand against whatever it is you need to take a stand against. And when your, your, your month so far may be, may be hunky-dory, and that's fine, but there's coming a month or a time or a season when you will go through um, because everybody goes through it. If Yahshua went through it, you and I will go through it. Remember Paul said in, I think in 2 Corinthians 10 or somewhere, he said that with the temptation, trial, or test that you are going through, it is common unto man. But with the temptation, trial, or test, Yahweh makes a way of escape. So whatever is being thrown at you, whatever is attacking you, Yahweh, as you stay in His Word, will make a way of escape. And no matter what it seems around you or how you feel, we have to trust that he is going to bring us through. I think it was last week or maybe the week before, Mark had heard a teaching, and it's so true that, you know, faith in Yah 
and trust are two different things. We can have faith in his word and faith in him that, yes, he says he's going to do it, so he'll do it. But the key is we got to trust in his word. We have to trust. And that means to totally let go. Like I have no problem trusting Mark in every area. I don't even think about it. I just trust that it's done. He's going to do it. He takes care of it. You know, that's the way the Father is. We have to trust, and we have to leave it there. We can't pick it up and say, well, we do have faith, but. So faith and trust are two separate things that we have to have. And that was a good teaching, and yeah. maybe someday we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it, because faith and trust, they're close, but. You but gotta have when you're trusting, or at least in my thinking, when I'm trusting, I'm at ease. Correct. I'm at peace. No matter if, if outside is Hurricane 5 going on, when I trust, I'm not fearful. When I trust, I'm just at ease, waiting for the storm to pass, knowing that His Word says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And we can see that, remember, in Mark chapter 4, when Yahshua said to the disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. Mm -hmm. And then the storm arose. Well, they were freaking out in unbelief. But Yahshua was asleep on a pillow. In the ship. I mean, this thing is bouncing up and down. You know, he's getting wet. And yet, he was at peace. How could that be? Because he trusted in his Father. Right. So, in Matthew 4, and also know that just because you are going through a trying season doesn't always necessarily mean you have missed the mark somehow or you've opened the door to the enemy. Now, I would advise to look at those things if that season is persistent, but it doesn't necessarily mean that is the case. And you can see he here... In verse 1, it says, Then Yeshua was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. So his whole purpose to go into the wilderness was to be tempted. That's not an uplifting thought, but nonetheless. And sometimes we go through that. It says, Having fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Afterward, he wanted an Allsup's burrito. That's my, that's my interpretation. If you ever get to New Mexico and you have an Allsup's burrito, you either love them or hate them. They are not healthy, but, good. but they are good. Okay, verse 3. And coming near to him, the accuser said. So, these thoughts that come into our minds... The accuser is saying, if you are the son of Elohim, speak that these stones may become loaves. Now, this wouldn't have been a temptation if Yeshua would not have been doubting whether or not he was the son of Elohim. It's only a temptation if you're going through it. But answering, he said, it is written. And again, this tells you the importance of the Torah. He understood the Torah. He understood Yah's laws and commandments. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word or Torah that proceeds out of the mouth of Yahweh. Deuteronomy 8.3. So, if... Um, Yahshua said that we are to live 
by every aspect of the Torah, if you don't know the Torah, or you don't give it the emphasis that it has to be the foundation of your life, how are you going to live by it? Like for me, what's those little cabbage things you like? Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. I hate Brussels sprouts. If somebody said to me, you have to live by Brussels sprouts, I wouldn't be able to because I don't know Brussels sprouts. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts do not go into this mouth. But anyways, then the accuser. Okay, notice who's behind this. The same one that's behind when you go through a dry season, when you go through whatever we go through. The accuser takes him to the holy city and he set him on the pinnacle of the sanctuary and he said to him, if you are the son of Elohim, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give you his cherubs, charge concerning you, and they shall bear you up on their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Again, the enemy, now he changes tactics. He tries, okay, he says, this is a word, man. I got to take the word and use it against him. Twist it so, for me to get him to do what I want him to do. Because if he could have gotten Yeshua to commit suicide, it had been all over. But Yeshua responded again. It, it has been written, you shall not test Yahweh, your Elohim. And then it says again. Now, like this week, it was like for me, one thing after another, after another, after another. And usually when you go through these things, First thing is don't say, oh, it's always one thing after another because it'll just keep going. But when you go through this, this is what it's like. It is like one thing after another. If somehow you say that, maybe explaining to somebody what you're going through or whatever, then add to the end of it, but Yahweh says, or but Torah says, it is written that I am triumphant. I am victorious. I don't know how, but I am. Okay, then it says again, the devil takes him to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory or wealth. And he said to him, I will give all these things to you if falling down you will worship me. See, for... How could Satan say to Yahshua that he would give Yahshua all the things, all the wealth of this world if he worships him, if all the, all the wealth of this world is in Yahweh's hands? See, the scripture says Satan is the God of this world. We read, I think it was last week, um, I forget the exact scripture, but it's 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter 5 and verse 19. If someone gets there, they can read it. One John chapter 5. All right, who's who hid that chapter on me? I did. Yeah, and he did. Huh? Which verse? Chapter 5, verse 19. It says, We know that we are of Elohim, and the whole world lies in wickedness. Okay, it said that we know that we are of Elohim, but the whole world lies under the control of the evil one. And that is why Satan could say to Yeshua that he would give him all the wealth of this world if he would bow down to him because the wealth of this world is in his hands. Mm -hmm. That's why almost all wealthy people 
they may appear religious, but, you know, I can't say all of them because I don't know them, but you judge them by their fruit. They are, they are not of right. Yahweh. They are not of righteousness. They don't obey His laws and commandments. And Satan makes them wealthy. Yahweh doesn't care about wealth. He cares about you having enough, but he doesn't want riches to have hold over you. So anyways, um, back to verse 10, it says, Then Yeshua said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship Yahweh, your Elohim, and him only will you serve. Hallelujah. Then, you know, now I don't know how long this took of what we're reading here, you know, how many days or weeks that the enemy was slamming him. These are just four instances that are written. It could have been 44 that he went through. You know, like when you and I go through things, it's not one or the other. But now look in verse 11. Then the accuser left him. And see, when you and I, and I learned this long time ago, if you resist the devil strong enough and long enough, he will leave. You might want to write that down to remind yourself of. If you resist him with Yahweh's Torah, and you resist him long enough, and you resist him strong enough, he will eventually leave. Just like he left Yahshua here. And then it says, And behold, angels came near and ministered to him. You need to realize that every day, and you may pray this before you go to sleep at night, and ask Yahweh to have his angels minister to you in the night season while you sleep, so that you will wake up refreshed, you will wake up revived both physically and spiritually. And so we've got to, we've been promised the victory. That doesn't mean that we always feel victorious. I mean, you know, it doesn't always mean we feel triumphant. It doesn't always mean that we are always in the dancing mode. Remember the scripture that says that he turns your mourning into joy and he removes off of you the sackcloth and he puts on you joy. When you go through oppression or discouragement or mourning or attacks of the enemy, the enemy is putting on, trying to put on you his darkness, mm -hmm. his oppression. He's trying to cause you to back off. He's trying to cause you to compromise. He's trying to cause you to, to reverse the direction you are going. And if you resist him and you continue to hold on to what thus saith Yahweh, and this is where you and I, when we face whatever we face, the scripture has to be the first response that comes out of our spirit, comes out of our mind, because our mind has been renewed to Yahweh's Torah, Yahweh's laws and commandments, Yahweh's ways and not the world's ways. Like, I think it was in the last 10 days, I've had three or four nights that I could not sleep, could not sleep, could not sleep, could not sleep, could not go to sleep. Huh? You can't 
kept me up one of the nights. And I could not sleep, and I could not sleep. And there is no reason for it. So when that happens, something is going on in the spiritual realm, and um, we need to comprehend and find out what that is. Sometimes it's the enemy. Sometimes Yah's trying to get you to do, he needs you to pray and intercede on behalf of somebody, you might not know who it is, um, for them to be saved, healed, delivered, restored, whatever the case may be. But nonetheless, um, Father, we just thank you for your enlightenment. We thank you for your word. We thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you that every plan and every strategy of the evil one against your body is brought to no effect in the power of your name. We thank you, Father, that you cause your body to triumph always in Messiah. We thank you, Father, that we, your body, put on the full armor of Yahweh and we stand against the schemes of the evil one. We thank you, Father, that your anointing destroys every yoke. We thank you, Father, that you have given us the victory, that you make us more than conquerors through Messiah. And Father, we just bless you. We praise you. We worship you, not just for this teaching, for, but for the impartation of victory during times of crisis, times of satanic attacks, so on and so forth. We thank you, Father, that we ask you, Yahweh, as Elisha prayed that Gehazi's eyes would be opened, that you would open our eyes to see and understand the things that we need to see and understand so that we can penetrate, so that we can plow forward through the things that we need to plow forward through. And Father, we pray that we've kept your Sabbath. We pray that you are glorified and we just thank you for it in the power of your name. There was a revelation many years ago I received uh, concerning plowing. That <clears throat> through your confession of faith, through your declaration of whatever, what thus saith Yahweh says to you, through your spiritual warfare, through your intercession, you are like the farmer that is out on a plow and he has uh, his, his vision is to create a garden. His vision is to plant seed. His vision is for a harvest. But before he can even begin to think of harvest, he's got to dig up this ground, this ground that is hard, this ground that is rocky, this ground that has boulders within it. He's got to plow through it. He's got to dig it up. And so part of the prophetic mantle is to plow it up, dig it up, and to keep speaking what thus saith Yahweh and doing the spiritual work that we as believers, we as warriors have to do in order to get a harvest of souls repenting, of lives turning away from worldliness and turning to the Torah, turning to Yahweh, turning to his laws and commandments and to live accordingly, we have to plow up and remove those boulders. And we have to dig deep. We have to dig deep into the earth to get those things out 
to get the roots out that are in that ground that if we don't deal with the roots, they will begin to grow and overtake our garden, so to speak, our field, and then there will be things growing with our crops that should not be growing. And so in the authority of Yeshua's name, we ask you, Yahweh, for that warrior's anointing, that prophetic anointing, the anointing that will dig deep, the anointing that will be a plowman, that will begin to plow the field in order to harvest this world for the gospel's sake. And Father, we just ask you to show us how to plow and to keep plowing and to keep plowing and to keep plowing and to keep plowing and to keep speaking and to keep believing and to keep trusting and to keep worshiping and to keep fasting and to keep interceding and coming against the works of the evil one being clothed with battle armor, being clothed with the armor of righteousness, being clothed with the full armor of Yahweh. And Father, we just praise you for the victory that you are bringing to not only the few of us participating in this service, but for those that are listening and will listen in days to come, as well as we are prophesying this, releasing it by faith into the spiritual atmosphere that your spirit and your angels will take this word and take it to the individuals that need to hear it. And so, Father, we love you. Father, we worship you. And we give you praise for this Shabbat. We give you praise we thank you that we are more than conquerors. And Father, we bless you, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you for the impartation of your Spirit. In Yeshua's name.